But Gary Neville responded instantly. He said, but I've got so much more to say on this subject. I found lots of people like that. It, 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 it's a rivalry of such intensity and emotion. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Football Show on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more. Live on Sky Sports. I'm prepared to end it I can. Well, do it then. Again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should there be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Yeah, you're welcome back. Um, two and a half hours of me and Kenny Cunningham. It doesn't get better than that. <laughs> It does. Uh, it does one yeah. and a half hours is better. A half an hour is even better. The thanks for selling the show here. <laughs> um, yeah, bloody yeah, I was actually looking forward to it. Yeah, so Kenny and I will take you through um, Manchester United and Liverpool. The team, Kenny, you were intrigued by this. It's De Gea, Delot, Varane, Martinez, Malicia, Eriksen, McTominay, Alanga, Fernandez, Sancho, Rashford. Liverpool team, Alisson, Robertson, Van Dijk, Gomez, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Midfield of Milner, Henderson and Harvey Elliott. Now, I have reservations about that. Mohamed Salah, Roberto Firmino and Luis Diaz. Like, Harvey Elliott, Jordan Henderson and James Milner is your midfield. That that would not, um, wouldn't be uh, something that Man City would fear, whatever about Man United. Yeah, so this is going to be the issue for Liverpool going forward and this season it'll be interesting how it, how it pans out because traditionally Liverpool over the past three or four years that's for me where they've always had their edge over Manchester City it's why they've been contending for league titles for the past couple of years basically mm. the strength of that midfield three if you think back to Fabinho Henderson Genie Wijnaldum a few years ago John absolutely mm. immense those three in terms of ball playing ability athleticism kind of physicality you know how they pressed F- phenomenal you know what I mean I think that's why that's why they troubled Manchester they got inside the heads of Guardiola for a while for me it was the quality of that front, of that midfield three and you look at it now I wouldn't go as far as to say it's a shadow but I mean young Harvey Yell I got, um, I got a lot of time for a lovely footballer technically uh, very good but the fact Fabinho sitting on the bench tonight and he's not on the pitch with Jordan Henderson mm. is, is an indication of potentially the issues that Liverpool are going to have Jordan Henderson isn't the player he was two years ago and he's never going to be that's a fact 100% you saw it last year they kind of drop off with him had to be protected at certain times game to game was actually withdrawn in a number of high profile games with the manager which never happened so Liverpool's probably are going to have to get used to that in terms of Jordan Henderson not going to be at the level that he was uh, previously and I think what you're seeing as well you're seeing the ripple effect of that in on Fabinho now Fabinho for me I'm a fan of but he's a very specialised player he's a number six who operates in that pocket but he's not a very good athlete and he's mm. not a good mover over the ground and when he's got people either side of him um, making those runs and uh, doing a bit of the running for him it's perfect for him he can sit in that pocket he can read the game he can make those interceptions time and time again and he's a good distributor of the ball so it's been great when Henderson's at his best and I'd say when Adam to a point and then after that maybe Keita Oxlade-Chamberlain very dynamic physical players he's looked he's looked a top class player but now because he hasn't got that strength around him I think you're seeing mistakes now from Fabian I probably saw it last week mm. against Crystal Palace getting drawn out of that central role getting a little bit isolated won't be one against people and getting done getting getting exposed a little bit so this is the big issue for me For I'm not, it's not doom and gloom like the black clouds are circling over Liverpool but that central midfield is going to be key for Liverpool going for because I think they're short yeah. this season going into the season no matter who they put in there uh, Thiago comes back doesn't change the dynamic too much for me Thiago's a lovely footballer great technician but his defensive qualities aren't, aren't the best either so that's that, that's the that's the problem for me for Liverpool going forward and it'd be interesting to see tonight Manchester United if they can get any joy in that area of the pitch because I like to look at that starting eleven. as bad as things are for Manchester United at the moment I look at that team and think you know what there's a little bit of balance there to the team McTominay coming in I would be a huge fan of McTominay in terms of holding centre midfield player I don't think he's a, a great defender but he brings a bit of physicality a bit of athleticism in there Ericsson will try and get on the ball and that front three Alanga done very well mm. last year Rashford down the middle now they've got a centre forward who can run the sides and run in behind and stretch Liverpool as well this is why this is why Manchester United fans are listening in you're giving them hope Kenny um, was there hope though at Old Trafford tonight because Owen Sheen is there he was talking to a couple of fans about the uh, protest that's been ongoing we're, we're joining the protest um, look we're, we're fed up with the Glazers we think they're not good for the football club they're not investing their own money um, any good business has to, has to have investors who are willing to invest in the business. They're all take, take, take. Um, the club is rotting from the inside out. 
and it's due to what the Glazers are doing to the club. Um, there's a common misconception that uh, we're only protesting when we're not signing players or when things go bad. That's not the case. The, the club were protesting when the good times, 2008, 2009, 2010. People are sick to death of the vampires, which is what they are. They're vampires. Uh, they're not here for the good of the club. They're here to take dividends. They're here to take money out. We're after spending 1.5 billion on loans, interest rates, repayments. They're screwing the club over. They're screwing a loyal fan base. We're the biggest club in the world. There should never be a hostile takeover of Manchester United based on borrowings. Um, so the fans are sick of it. And it's time that the fans stood up, and, which is what they're doing now, and said, like, enough is enough. It's buying a player and parading him in front of the Strefford end tonight in Casemiro is not going to change what they've done to the club. You know, um, So it's about time we stood up, all United... Get these these crowd out of the club, and we drive it on, and we go back to the, the way we used to be when fans had a heavy say in the club, and it was a family club, and it wasn't Manchester United. It was Manchester United Football Club, because that's what it is. We were a football club. Yeah. We're no longer a football club. Yeah, Owen Sheen is actually at Old Trafford. What's the atmosphere been like, uh, Owen? Uh, I presume a lot of anger there, as expressed in that little vox pop. Yeah, it's been absolutely incredible here. I'm standing underneath the, where the East Stand meets the Sir Bobby Charlton stands, and it's just that, that smell of flares. It's red, it's green, it's gold. Uh, there is, there has been just this huge anti-Glazer protest coming all the way down Talbot Road, where the Tollgate pub is. The 1958 supporters group seemed to be the biggest ones organising it, and there was a huge congregation there from about 5 o'clock uh, this evening. At 7 o'clock then, uh, they made the congregation, and they started uh, walking down towards uh, Old Trafford, and right now it is just a sea of people, a sea of anti-Glazer protesters, and uh, a sea of people trying to get into the stadium at this point. Uh, to be fair, the whole thing moved pretty quickly. I think people are quite surprised that they're going to go in and actually get to see the start of the game. But the protest is now set up underneath the Trinity statue here and it is quite the sight. I've spoken to a few people in the uh, walk towards uh, the stadium and they've all said it's the biggest protest they've ever seen outside Manchester United. Fans who were here even in 2021 for that one uh, in the empty stadium, they say they haven't seen anything like this. So uh, things have just started to get very, very real if they hadn't already in the anti-Glazer movement. Yeah, actually that's the point I was going to ask you there. Is this something that could be is this a seminal night potentially in terms of this ownership is there you know there's obviously talk of them ceding a little bit of the ownership to somebody else coming in but I mean is this something that will necessarily make them stand up and take notice I guess I don't know is the honest question like I mean they have the prospective owner Britain's richest man they have a space uh, superimposed on one of the uh, one of the banners that they paraded towards the stadium today so they will basically take anybody that's not the Glazers I think at, at this point but then there is another cohort of supporters who don't want uh, a new owner to take over they want it to be a fan owned club and therein lies the divisions in this club what we're seeing today is a very united Manchester United fan base they all want one thing which is the Glazers to come out of the club there are certain nuances there with regards to what they want to replace the Glazers but to your question I don't know Johnny I, don't, I think that there has been glimmers of hope over the last 15 years for the Manchester United fans what a lot of people are saying today though is that this isn't just about Liverpool this isn't just about one of their biggest fixtures of the year this is something that they're going to see continue during their home games all season I suspect until something does change what do you think Kenny? Uh, no, it was, it was very interesting listening to that um, uh, fan that Owen spoke to. Mm. He spoke, he spoke a lot of sense. But look, the reality is, I, I can't see anything uh, uh, changing in the in the in the short term. I respect the views of the, uh, the fans there, and they're going to take whatever action they deem is necessary. But I've got to be honest with you, I'm more interested in the here and the now, and in terms of the the present squad, the new manager, and what can be done mm. in the short term in terms of improving things. That's all you can do as a manager. And for me. The, the team that's been on the starting 11 the last couple of games they haven't got the best out of there's more to come even from this uh, present squad so I'm interested in terms of the new manager his kind of personality his relation the dynamic in the dressing room and has he got the ability to pull this existing group of players together with the addition of Camero, uh, Casemiro maybe one or two others where he can pull that gr- uh, uh, group together and just find something uh, now and hopefully we might see the potential of this Manchester United team going forward it's not perfect but there yeah. is quality there is quality sprinkled around that Manchester United team but we haven't seen it's got to come out hopefully we'll see we'll see it tonight have you been to many Premier League games before on? 
Yeah, I've been to a good few. So I haven't been to United Liverpool before, so this uh, is definitely a, a first time at a fixture of this size. I haven't what? seen too many Liverpool uh, fans around. Their, their buses did uh, drive past. Didn't get a great reception down around Talbot Road, to say the least. But, what, what's yeah, the atmosphere first, like, actually? Well, the entire atmosphere has been the protest. Mm. That, that has been everything. Like, to say that this was thousands and thousands and thousands of people walking down through the, the, the streets of Manchester. Like, that, that is what I've seen. That is why there is such a huge congregation of people here. Still loads of people standing around now, not going into the stadium just yet. So I'm sure plenty of them won't be going into the stadium. Uh, I'm not sure if they, they all have tickets or not. But uh, with regards to, to the atmosphere, this, the entire atmosphere is built on the anti-glazer protest right now. I have... There's actually been little talk around the game. This has completely preoccupied the minds of everybody today. Uh, talk of trying to beat Liverpool or, or what might actually happen in the game has actually become secondary. There is more optimism around. It is quite tense around Old Trafford at the moment. There is some anger. A lot of fans do not have tickets. This is from the BBC. Um, there's no suggestion that there will be any issue there. With I know Jurgen Klopp is a little bit worried about um, the, the game actually potentially not going ahead. But are you feeling that things will be okay and people will go into the ground? Yeah, I think so. Like, what I will say is that this has seemed unbelievably peaceful throughout the entire day. Like, I've stopped and chatted to a lot of people, or walked and chatted to a lot of people as they were protesting, and they all seemed pretty happy to chat and, and all seemed fairly friendly. What I will say is that in the, the, the Munich Tunnel right now is that people are trying to, to kind of walk through, and there is a, a lot of people just standing, clapping, and chanting. And that seems to be maybe one of the side issues you could say at the moment is that there seems to be a lot of people around the stadium right now who don't plan on moving anytime soon by the looks of it. But I haven't seen really any incidents of, of, of danger or, or, or anything anti-social or anything like that. It's been a very peaceful protest. There is just a lot of people and that obviously comes with maybe a couple of issues. Potentially, they're not going into the game. And any, anyone pleading with you to stay with OTBAM? No, they're all like good riddance. Okay, on, on that note, go in and enjoy the game, so. All right, chat to you later, lads. Thanks, Owen. Yeah, um, just looking at like the the markets are all against Liverpool because of the team here um, so there's like everyone's telling me Liverpool will win but it's not been seen like that in terms of the people who are putting their money on this oh is that right absolutely That's because you, you look at when well, you look at the midfield and you look but bear in mind now Liverpool have not had a good start you can't talk either. yeah no you can't talk down the Liverpool midfield but no, I'm just making Aaron it Henderson doesn't doesn't I'm not I'm not afraid and then obviously Elliot is only a kid starting off great, yeah. great prospect obviously but yeah 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 no like I said I'm not talking down that you can't, mm. can't, you can't look at that Liverpool team and say it's not a bad player on the pitch you look at that front three as well and that'll get you excited of course straight away the back four is absolutely rock solid Joe Gomez comes from it, coming into the team at centre half immediately strengthens them wasn't quite sure why he, didn't, why he didn't start last week against Crystal Palace Nat Phillips stayed there for me that's the, still potentially their best uh, pairing at centre half but I've spoken about the Liverpool midfield in terms of I'm talking small drop offs mm. here in terms of like individual uh, performance but it's significant it's significant It's significant in terms of the level the, the bar where the Manchester City have set it and Liverpool need, need to go again and improve small percentages this year to try and match them in terms of the acquisitions they've made Calvin Phillips and Haaland in particular now the Mane out uh, Nunes in you could argue they've done what they had to do high up the pitch and credit to them for that they've pushed the boat out in terms of transfer fee but that central midfield for the last year I've been looking at that central midfield and thinking they, ne- they need somebody in the Bellingham was the one for me I thought they might mm. really push hard this summer it looks if Dortmund didn't want to do business having sold Haaland they're going to hold off for another year but they really could have done with getting him in Tuchmane is another one, uh, the French international who's gone Real Madrid have kind of snapped him up Carmavinga went there like, within the last year to Real Madrid, Liverpool were linked with him he came for like 20, 25 million I think mm. from uh, from France into the Real Madrid team we saw his performances tail end again last season, that's the type of Liver- uh, midfield that Liverpool need to bring in sooner rather than later You said uh, Henderson's not the player he was, I'd agree with you is Van Dijk the player he was? Uh, I, I think he is in terms well, Henderson I think it's just a physical a physical mm. drop off he's yeah, at that age and he just can yeah. Van, Van Dyke for me Van Dyke for me it's it's mental it's that really? thing I might have mentioned about a year ago about him as good as he is if there's if small criticism of Van Dyke with me it's that kind of God complex which he has he's that good and he knows how good he is and I've never been in that situation but he must wrestle with that sometimes when he's on the pitch I'm better than these players around me you know what I mean these, these, these can't lay a glove on me these centre forwards whom I'm up against and just occasionally 
occasionally carries himself that way instead of doing the basics ball over the top getting to the ball quick and going engaging it forward early he drops off he drops off into the ball almost lets the player have the ball say come on try and take me on mm. you're never going to get past me do you know that type mm. I just get a bit of a sense of that at times that's the only thing once once he gets himself into the right mindset Van Dijk and he's absolutely uh, focused in himself then you still can't touch him so I've no I've no qualms about him certainly Gomez coming in alongside him, the full backs it's only that midfield area and that's significant because Liverpool have always had that kind of their success has always been based on that kind of high energy physicality high press tenacious element to, uh, to their game and it's come always come from not from the front, front three press for me it's always been that kind of midfield three backing up that kind of front three you know winning tackles in the middle of the pitch physically and imposing themselves almost like bullying intimidating outrunning teams running them into the game almost ferocious in the, in the way they approach the game that front three now you put uh, Harvey Elliott Thiago into that midfield potentially with Fabinho going forward that's a totally different dynamic you can talk up the you can talk up the footballing qualities of Harvey Elliott and, and Thiago coming into the midfield John but it's totally different isn't it that's not a midfield now for me which scares Manchester City Pep Guardiola as that Liverpool midfield uh, did a couple of years and, ago and the, obviously the two big talking points if they are such a thing Harry Maguire being dropped is a, is a talking point Ten Hag said Varane is a very experienced player won everything and will bring the communication in the back four which is interesting because I think that's been a massive issue for Maguire he's just not been able to do that we want mobility and agility in the back four and then on Ronaldo we know Liverpool are a really good team and you need to press them you have to do that out of a block and need energy that is why we went with Rashford Sancho Alanga I mean makes sense obviously it does make sense yeah it does make yeah. sense I mean Rashford's one for me people say he can't play centre forward I think he can to be honest with you that's where he grew, grew up he was schooled he was coaching that air, air to pitch eventually he, uh, he he made his name playing uh, left of a three but I think he can play that kind of centre role just needs a little bit of confidence maybe a run of, a run of games there but I like the balance of Langa Sancho I know individual performances from their players haven't been good enough but the talent is there the quality is there Ten Hag just has to tap into it you know he has to they have to, the, even the group themselves it's not on the manager got to shake it off this lethargy disappointment mm. negativity around the football club the fans the protests tonight too easy to go onto the pitch tonight John and use that as an excuse these players have got to like stick their chests out and say right we're going to show everybody how well, good we're going to actually going to come together as a group tonight and what a, an opportunity to do against actually, this talented on that, Kenny, I do think I, and I'm, I'm kind of getting the vibe from Owen here I, I think there will be a bit of an atmosphere at the ground tonight because a lot of energy from the fans it's Liverpool v Man United they're on the cusp of this terrible run against Liverpool but the Liverpool team isn't that formidable it's a night game Monday night I think the crowd might actually this is their time of need at the moment they were so poor when they were open two games maybe there'll be a bit of noise there tonight maybe they'll react to it yeah I think so but they need to show them something the players on the pitch need to show them something, something. particularly the opening 10-15 minutes and they get after Liverpool kind of high press high energy they're winning a, uh, they're winning a couple of tackles and the, and the Manchester United faithful get, faithful get a sense of that hold on we're watching actually a team play those players actually playing for each other actually running for each other they're tackling for each other they're covering each other they got each other's back I think you're right although there's initially that bit of negativity around the place I think the Manchester United fans they'll kind of recognise that and they'll get behind the team Let's go to the ads we've loads more to call Manchester United versus Liverpool in 10 minutes and uh, we can't wait Welcome along to the football show uh, Johnny Ward standing in and joined by Kenny Cunningham Kenny making his debut uh, this season in studio and uh, we have a hell of a game to get through here this game has been nothing but engrossing all the narrative was Liverpool were going to win at Old Trafford tonight they've been second best but they have uh, half a game to turn around we're going to reflect on uh, what was an unbelievably good game between uh, Newcastle United and Man City as well uh, over the weekend Arsenal's great start to the season um, the comments uh, Kenny touched on on in the news round um, of the Chelsea manager uh, Tuchel and I, I just thought it was bang out of order what he said about the referee but also his comments on uh, the coaches having to travel uh, by train all the way from London to Leeds God love him and uh, other things that happened in the league as well we'll, we'll reflect on Shamrock Rovers effectively I want to say I think they have the league one after they battled Dundalk 3-0 I was in Tala last night it was very very um, 
I don't know, it was very much much to, to, to formula, really. It was Dundalk kind of came with a game plan and Shamrock Rovers just battered them, reflect on their loss in uh, Ferns Varos last week as well. And uh, we'll, we'll just generally talk football over the next hour. We're going to start with this game, Kenny. We've 48 minutes, Manchester United won. Liverpool nil, and Liverpool are on the cusp here of um, a third successive game of failing to win in the Premier League, uh, which would have been a poor start. And this kind of follows on from the poor start that they've had. Uh, obviously, lost last week, haven't drawn at home to Fulham uh, on week one so we're in enough times as a Liverpool fan here yeah there'll be a slight worry uh, uh, all right as we watch Alexander-Arnold hair down the line into the box that's what he's good at of course unfortunately it's the defensive side of his so game. poor for the goal wasn't he yeah yeah it's pretty basic stuff as well I mean the Liverpool's support is watching if you watch guy Lange picks the ball up and just kind of lends it into Ericsson on the inside there's only one run which he's going to make any full back water salt knows mm. he's just lending that ball to run in behind me you just got to react to it you mm. just got to you just got to match the run and he's quick Alexander Arnold over uh, you know over 5'10 any distance really but it's just like uh, it's just an attitude that he has in terms of his defending just too uh, too loose and of course, once once that happens, then you've got a situation: Joe Gomez getting dragged across, and it's kind of you know a kind of a ripple effect after that. So, but yeah, I've enjoyed the first half, enjoyed Manchester United's uh, performance. You know, I wouldn't go over the top in terms of oh, this is breathtaking stuff for Manchester United. It's but better, of course, it's better. And what's better is just the attitude of the players, the energy levels. Um, you know, feisty in the in the tackle, backing each other up. You know. Um, you know, just the kind of basic aspects of the game which have uh, haven't been in evidence so far this season. It just goes to show you can take you a long way. So you're look, looking at that first half, basically same matches, and you know, I've kind of outrun Liverpool, kind of out tackled them. You know, kind of out muscled Liverpool to a certain extent. And if you remember uh, Klopp's comments, uh, Johnny, after the following game, it was pretty similar. What the Liverpool manager was coming out with, he was saying, "Well, Fulham have outrun us." You know, they've outrun us, they've kind of out tackled us now. That'd be the worry for me because, you know, traditionally under Klopp, that's just that just doesn't happen uh, to this uh this Liverpool team. You know, they don't get they don't get bullied, they don't get outrun, they don't get outfought. But it's happened, you know, almost twice already in the opening couple of games uh, this season. So that's the worry for Liverpool kind of going forward. For me, we've spoken about it as well before the game, I think, in terms of where they might just be a little bit short in that central mid- midfield there. I think they're in a little bit of transition there and will be over the kind of next year and a half in terms of reinforcing in that area of the pitch. But um, teams are taking advantage of that a little bit. Fulham did the opening day of the season. And Manchester United have shown none of that really the opening two games of the season. Uh we're in the ascendancy in that respect you know more energy look more mobile more dynamic in their movement that kind of front three uh, you know McTominay to a little bit gives you a little bit of that Johnny in central midfield doesn't yeah. he you know not a, not a huge amount of quality at times but he's got the legs he can get around the pitch and pose himself a little bit uh, two centre halves have been good Varane Martin has been really pumped up Johnny isn't he the left side of centre half well I wanted to bring you in on him actually because um, our boy uh, Ronan outside tells me that you know it doesn't matter that he's only five foot nine, which obviously is an outlier as a centre back you weren't the tallest centre back in the world no, it I think it does matter. Mm. Uh, to be fair, it's not everything. If you're American okay. Haaland, it's or if you're American, you know Mitrovic. You think it probably does matter, does it? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. How, it depends how smart you are. You know, five or nine players recognise that, and obviously, if they're smart operators, you can still mark somebody, and you can still affect them without out jumping them. You know, you can use your body strength and you be clever. You can knock them off balance. You know, is he streetwise in that respect? We'll wait and see. But as long as the other parts of your game are pretty, are pretty. Um, uh, exceptional it shouldn't be a, uh, a huge problem he looks quite mobile to me I know he has, hasn't gone great from the first couple of games but he, he seems pretty um, quick enough over the, the ground I think he's a decent read of the game little bits that I saw in the first couple of games games I've seen him play he's quite competitive he's forward up tonight Johnny isn't he a couple of times probably a little bit too much to be honest with you got himself involved a couple of times but at least he's been at it he's been making tackles making physical contact with people and defending his area of the pitch very well Varane's looked very assured alongside him as you would expect such an experienced player so that actually looked a bit of a parent tonight I've got to they be do. honest with you yeah and I think what's helped uh, Martin is what must have helped him is the fact that the manager stuck with him had a big decision to make in terms of who to park on the bench tonight it was either going to be him Varane was going to come into the, uh, the team tonight you felt and it was going to be Maguire and Martinez I think it would have been a big blow for Martinez so early in his Manchester United career if Ten Hag had to put him on the bench could have really shook him up a bit and affected his confidence I think the, fa- the fact that his manager has backed him and put Maguire England international England captain on the bench and put his confidence in the uh, in the young centre half has actually given him a lot of confidence well, the chance here, I think he's off is he 
Oh, that's very close. This is this is going to be interesting. Look, he might like be on. Rashford has scored, but this is definitely subject to VR. Yeah. The pass was on. I think he might have delayed it a small yeah, bit. Maybe I think he's, he's on. on cause I Here think we he's go. Smart enough. He's smart enough. Rashford, this stage is great to know. Just check your run. Don't go too early. Just wait, wait. I've got the pace to get away from the last Liverpool defender. I'll be amazed if he's caught offside they, here. They, it is they very looked close. open to this trap the whole night, haven't they? Just quick, like they're, they're caught out. A quick ball, bang, bang. Liverpool were just so open here, I thought. Here we go. Yeah, it's but quick, but most of the players in the opposition half. It's a mistake. It's a mistake from Jordan Henderson. Then, and Virgil van Dijk gets done to a certain extent. So Joe Gomez... What Gomez has done, they do it all the time. Gomez isn't running a straight line back towards his penalty box. He's holding his line. Checking for offside here. He's holding his line. He might be fractionally off. Is he fractionally off? There? Is he just fractionally slightly off? off? This is a big, big moment. Um, I'm, I'm not going to exaggerate, but this is a big moment, I think, in, in, in Ten Hag's early reign for Manchester United because 2-0... He's just I off. I think he's off, yeah. Oh, so surprised at him there. So surprised. He's experienced enough now, Marcus Rashford. He's been in this situation, this situation more often than not. He knows, hold your run, don't stray offside. He's got. I know it's Joe Gomez he's up against, but he's lightning quick himself. He's but given he, the goal. He's given the goal. Is he given it? Oh. It said onside. He looked offside. You were wrong. You were wrong when you said he was onside. You were wrong when he said he was offside, and you were wrong again. But he was actually onside. Kenny, you were right all along. He was onside. He was literally yeah, he was. inches I, onside. Yeah, Manchester United 2, Liverpool nil after 53 minutes. Yeah, and just amazing. Just small detail, isn't it? Heavy touch from Jordan Henderson. Virgil van Dijk had a little bit of a nibble, didn't he? Uh, to try and win the ball after that. He kind of lost. But even then, it wasn't panic stations. I'm going to say it again. Uh, Liverpool got caught against uh, Crystal Palace. If you remember the uh, Zaha goal. Uh, oh, yes. they're so close so half close chance, Liverpool to a goal a minute later unbelievable ball outside the left foot by Harvey Elias yeah. uh, and then I don't know was it Milner down the right cleared off the line the point I was just making there that Zaha goal against Liverpool if Nat Phillips and Virgil van Dijk drop early into the space before Eze plays that ball in behind Zaha doesn't score that goal and there was another example there Joe Gomez is in a straight run uh, with Rashford if he makes the decision just to run as fast as he can towards the edge of the 18-yard box, Johnny. Mm. Rashford doesn't get that ball. But what he does, he holds his line. Liverpool centre-halves are drilled in this fashion. You don't drop into the space to cover the space. You hold, you hold, you hold that line for as long as you can. And basically, you keep both your fingers crossed and all your toes crossed that that opposition attacker is going to walk into an an offside position. Mm. And don't get me wrong, at times, more often than not, yeah, it goes in their favour. But the very best forwards, and Rashford to me is more is this very experienced operator now, know they've just got to hold, check their run, hold, hold, and when they get played, they're going to be running into empty grass. And that's what happened there. Just Joe Gomez. Watch it again. He just checks his run. He checks his run. He's drilled into, I'm not going to recover into the space. I'm going to hold, 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 and bank on that offside decision. This, this is crazy stuff, Kenny, because Manchester United are notionally the team in crisis here. We've Rashford nearly putting them 3-0 up. Liverpool look all over the shop defensively. This is a team who are now on the cusp of having one point from their opening three games. And I want to say there, there, there are serious worries here if you're a Liverpool fan because they were nearly 3-0 down here. Manchester United uh, with a corner now to maybe put on some pressure Liverpool look all over the, pl- the shop at times yeah I wouldn't specifically say just um, like uh, cross the de- defensive line I've spoken about that goal there uh, in particular the detail we spoke about the first goal in terms of Trent Alexander-Arnold getting caught that was the big problem uh, there I just think it's um, it's a collective thing in terms of Liverpool and we've spoken about in terms of United maintained those energy levels second half and they have real pace real pace across that front line a lot of talk Ronaldo how do you compliment him you've got to get pace this is the end of Ronaldo is it looking at this tonight oh, I think so yeah I think so I think yeah it's kind of that the performance where you, you look and you think well this is the way this look is the at way dynamic fast now. players like, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so on counter attack now that was a counter attack Liverpool on the attack ball popped out and immediately you got players operating in high areas of the pitch who you fancy could, they could do damage here because of that pace Ronaldo gets the ball there's no centre half in the world that's going to be out front and he picks the ball up in the halfway line he's going he's gonna, to uh, run past you we know the quality he has in terms of finishing ability but in terms of counter attack and Ronaldo's kind of more or less no good to you but you're talking about Rashford you're talking about Martial you're talking about Sancho you're talking about Alanga 
these type of players you know, they'll give you a real kind of pace Fabinho uh, on the counter attack yeah Fabinho um, yeah we uh, David Brady there expressing his love uh, for Kevin McStay and Lee McHale um, if you want to send us some love it's 53106 and on the social channels want to reflect a little bit I, I don't get to spend that much time with Kenny Cunningham and often spending time with him brings me back to the days of uh, when you played in the Premier League and I was thinking oh my, forget about that John well, uh, can reflecting on my years in the Premier League there's a top we got Liverpool and Manchester United on the yeah, telly we've done our reflections on Kenny's career I'm just trying yeah, to think of my, for, say, my, my earliest Man United Argue. Liverpool memory is was was an unbelievable game in early 1994 when Manchester United went 3-0 up um, yeah. at Anfield unbelievable goal by, by uh, Dennis Irwin and uh, two goals from Nigel Clough and uh, Neil Ruddock header I got, remember got that remember what that an absolute header, yeah. early days of Sky Sports had to I think I had to cycle to the neighbours in the dark to watch we didn't have Sky at the time um, what's your earliest memory actually of this, this, these two heavyweights Oh gee, that's a hell of a shout now to me. I remember a couple of earliest memory I can't. I mean, memory would be that great. I probably couldn't remember one earlier than that one, John. Mm. And I'm an eight, I'm an eighties child. Um, I'm I'm thinking of a couple of big Liverpool victories at uh, at, at Old Trafford uh, over the years. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, trying to think at Anfield. That three three all is a good shout to be honest with you. United had a good record generally speaking though didn't they at Anfield Anf- oh yeah that, oh yeah totally them. that's the Ferguson years isn't yeah, it to- and, and, and I don't remember I'm not, I mean, this is look Jordan Henderson we spoke with this before the game in fairness Kenny you did call this forehand like Henderson has had a fairly ineffect- ineffective game and Liverpool's midfield in general just hasn't been able to impose itself Miller's 36 he's obviously still trying Fabinho's come on though here yeah, so this is it. So this is the challenge for Liverpool. And it's going to be a problem because they're not going to make any more pours. This is it. This is what they have to go with this season. Look, I'm not talking about Liverpool are falling off a cliff. Mm. You're not going to drop out a top, top four, a top six maybe. But in terms of making big strides in terms of Manchester City, I don't see it this year because I see a drop off in Liverpool. It was there last season in terms of that central and midfield area. We've seen it now again tonight. Jordan Henderson pulled off after 60 minutes. And you're bringing on Fabinho. Fabinho isn't going to bring a huge amount of legs in athletics system and energy for this Liverpool team co- either is he couple of questions for you then um, and football on off the ball is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports uh, this is an anonymous texter uh, what does Kenny think of Trent going into midfield there's a lot to be said for it uh, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so to be honest with you now because I don't think he gives you anything more defensively in central midfield he'll get on, he'll get on the ball we know how good he is technically his, uh, um, his range of passing etc and he'll get nearer the, the box we know he's got a decent shot on him but does he help Liverpool defend this is my this is my thing about Liverpool at the moment that in midfield are they as solid defensively or you know as dynamic as they were previously when they were at their best no is Trent Alexander going into central midfield going to help them in terms of their defensive structure defensive city and central midfield no why because we can see how he defends in the normal right back position is he suddenly going to become a good defender in central midfield no so I don't think that's what Liverpool need I think they need more of a solid defensive base they need more dynamic players like you know box to box all action high energy like all round players I'm talking I'm talking top class central midfielders don't, is it an indictment of Klopp then and uh, one texter says the LFC fan club in the studio is having a meltdown I'm not sure about that now but is it an indictment of Klopp that in a game of this nature three games into the season their midfield includes Henderson and a 36 year old James Milner well you're never you're never quite sure are you I think if you were to ask Klopp at the end of last season um, if there's one player in the world we can go and get you if the owners had said to Klopp at the end of the season one player you want us to get we'll go and get him who would it be I think it would have been a top class uh, central young up and coming top class the best who are around mm. I think that's who he would have taken I think he would have taken Jude Bellingham mm. if he could have I think that's the type of player that he would have wanted he hasn't come out and said that which I think is fair you've got to respect the players who are already uh, in the dressing room and, and have been who've played well so uh, well for him Henderson in particular has been absolutely outstanding you know what I mean I don't have to uh, uh, pay him any plaudits in terms of the impact he's had at Liverpool Football Club but his, his star is on the wane to a certain extent that that's no criticism of his and that's the way it is Milner looks legless there in fairness and I mean, well, that's been the case you can't, yeah he's 36 but you can't, you can't criticise can't criticise him space here Kenny look at this yeah but this is it This is so it. open Look, yeah, to go le- if they go left here it's 3-0 and Liverpool are getting away with it uh, this is mad you go into the night Manchester United are in crisis it's all over the, the Irish Times here the Ten Hag and Ken Early United constantly delving into the past to look for solutions for the present and then tonight they had a bit of a protest before the game no real word about Liverpool have had a patchy start to the season and the narrative changes somewhat if Manchester United all the questions are like well what's happened to Liverpool now 
Yeah, but I think it's there. I think you can. Uh, I think you can see it. You know, like I said, the things that I've spoken about. I've been watching Liverpool obviously for the last years. I have previously. So when they're at their very be- at their best and their peak, like I mentioned a couple of years ago, that front three, the, the midfield three of Wijnaldum, Henderson at, at his peak, Fabinho, Wijnaldum uh, very much uh, at his peak as well. You know what I mean? It was absolutely uh, phenomenal. Mm. It really was. They were an absolute uh, machine, monsters. I think uh, Klopp called them. Wasn't it? Well, that was. <sighs> You know that was the chance. Th- that was accurate in terms of description, but I think it's just changed Liverpool in terms, of, and it's a natural uh, evolution. This is what happens: players uh, get old. You know, physically they kind of uh, the levels drop off a little bit, uh, and we're seeing that. So now, yeah, the onus is on Klopp uh, to recognise that and replace it. But I, I don't think I think he can see it as well. I'm sure he can. Now he might point to uh, Thiago and uh, Harvey Elliott being the future. I'd I'd have me I'd have me. Uh, I'd have question marks. Thiago's injury injury prone, and he's what is he thirty odd? Yeah, but even if he's not injury prone, he was fit for me. Thiago's not the answer. Thiago's really? a lovely footballer, wonderful uh, technician, but again, he's not a good defender. Does he make them better defensively? Liverpool and centre midfield? No, he's not a particularly good athlete, not particularly quick over the ground. A wonderful footballer. So does he add a different dimension? Is there is there more creativity in that Liverpool midfield when he plays ahead of Milner? Absolutely. Does he make him stronger defensively? No. I tell you what, their, their bench is far from impressive. Adrian Davies, Fabinho, who's come on. Simicas, Cavallo, Clark, Besetovic, Phillips, Van der Berg. A lot of Van der Berg. I think some players, Liverpool fans, might not even necessarily have heard of there. And uh, we do wish uh, Genie Van Aldum the best as well. Serious injury confirmed by Roma, which obviously puts his. Um future uh, for the moment anyway in doubt um, but Liverpool missing him tonight Kenny we're going to have to reflect on some other games over the weekend um, I didn't actually get the game live a couple of texts in as well hopeful Arsenal fan here but are the Gooners City's closest challengers this season well Arsenal have started they've signed very well they've started very well they've won the first three games that's from Brian and Lucan do you know what? I don't think it's cra- crazy really? talk yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy talk a year ago you would have uh, laughed that off I think is Jesus the saviour uh, not just Jesus I'll tell you I think is much of a saver Saliba from what I've seen mm. at centre half I'd actually have to ask questions as to why he was left in France that mm. long his performance like opening day of the season at Crystal Palace it was like phenomenal now if he's been playing at that level for the previous six months Arsenal lost out Champions League spot right. by what last, last yeah. game, game of the uh, last season last couple of games yeah you yeah. can't tell me if that young fella hadn't been at the football club last six months of last season he wouldn't have made a difference because he looks a really accomplished centre-half he for me is just as important has been just as impressive I love Zinchenko Arsenal. as well I, uh, I don't love I'm not uh, yeah I'm not quite buying the love in, into Zinchenko I thought that was a good deal for Manchester City getting him out the door for 35 million I've got to be honest with you I think he's a better centre midfielder okay. than he is a, a left back he's not, certainly not a better left back than uh, Tierney and when Tierney's fit Tierney goes into the team mm. a left back I think he's been bought as a centre midfielder I think he's a better centre midfielder than Xhaka and I think that's where he'll go when Tierney gets himself uh, fit Odegaard lovely footballer yeah lovely oh, the front four mm. we could talk all day about Brian him. and Lucan is loving this yeah Oh, Saka, uh, Martin, uh, Nelly, Jesus, uh, Odegaard, Smith Rowe, I'd mentioned as well. Absolutely phenomenal young talent. Them four, for me, I mean, they're the future. But the big challenge is going to be keeping them. Saka at the moment is talking about new contract. Yeah. Trying to get him to extend. That would be absolutely massive. He, for me, is the jewel in the ground. Bukayo Saka, absolutely exceptional. Could easily walk into he 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 play, he starts in like the Manchester City and Liverpool teams for you me. Lo- you love him. Oh, yeah. he's an absolutely phenomenal player. I think he can add a little bit more even in terms of final product goals and I think there's even more to come from him. Mm. I think he's an outstanding uh, young talent and Arsenal are in a great place in terms of their options uh, high up the pitch and it looks as if potentially they might have solved one of the issues at centre half I think Ben White will go back in alongside Saliba uh, Tommy Yashu comes back into the team that probably mean Gabriel comes out of the team not a bad thing still got a couple of mistakes in him but he's a good number three he's a good backup centre half centre half to have good goalkeeper now between the sticks top class left back and Tierney they're on the up pre- really uh, they're beyond on the up they're actually there they've all, almost arrived Partey midfield physical presence all action speaking about Liverpool tonight lack of energy in there real kind of physical presence you look at Partey when he's playing at his best he's that type isn't he bit of a mm. monster getting around the pitch box to box making tackles high energy very competent in possession again that's what Arsenal have needed so yeah they're very much at really exciting times for Arsenal going forward Laura and Sligo what has Kenny made of Erling Haaland so far how would he approach him as a defender 
Yeah, he's a tough one. <laughs> I can't believe how he's changed physically. I've obviously watched as much of, uh, as I, I've watched a lot of him actually play in, in Germany. Even when he first signed at Dortmund a couple of years ago, now he's almost unrecognisable. Become a monster. Oh, phenomenal. It's high. He's grown. He's still. Uh, I think Guardiola made a comment. He's actually grown since he's been at the, the football club. Not just his height, he's been in the gym, pumped up his physical condition. It's unbelievable. He's an absolute beast, like, you know what I mean? But what I like about him, Johnny's smart. For someone so young, he seems very mature. His game understanding is at a really high level. And game understanding as a centre-forward, generally speaking, in terms of where your positional sense, where you operate, when you drop, when you look to go in behind, timing your runs in behind, very rarely gets caught you see, uh We'll talk about it a bit after the break, but you see that ball in the second half where um, he like De Bruyne played it around the other side of the centre-back and Hallam was immediately running. He was running before the ball, got in, muscled the centre-back out yeah, of the keeper way. Came out keeper came out. Out, but you're just like this is going to be so good to watch when you're trying to deal with De Bruyne playing in this land De Bruyne is passing as well but Haaland is he a shoe in for top score do you think injuries permitting yeah I think he's a shoe in if he stays fit for the majority if he plays enough games and that will be down to Guardiola in terms of rotation because I think Guardiola knows he's probably the difference between yeah uh, Manchester City coming up short again in the Champions League and actually going and winning it over That's the next the couple of years. That's the thing, isn't it? Jay? Oh, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt, for me, he's the he's the difference. People talk about false nines, and to be fair, Manchester City have had a, a reasonable success with that. They've won a league title playing with false number nines for the majority of the, of the season. I'm sure that would be the counter argument. Well, we can't play with a false nine. We've won a title with a false nine. Yes, you have, but for me to win a, a, a Champions League, a player with the qualities that Haaland has in this uh, Manchester City team elevates them, makes them even better so I think they're in a far better place and I think I'd be surprised I'd be surprised this squad Manchester City have with Haaland at the the top of it I know Champions League you can argue I don't argue the fact you need a little bit of luck I don't really think uh, luck comes into it but I think the knockout nature of the Champions League the, the competition you know a bad 20 minutes a bad 15 minutes in one game and you can be out such as the nature of the competition but I still I think they're best placed uh, with Haaland in the team now Phillips as well joining I think they'll never get a better chance to go and win this competition in the next uh, two years The only thing you would say is like Newcastle scored thrice and uh, did create chances as well it was that spell in the yeah. first half where they looked um, they looked like they were opening yeah. them up quite a bit but this is Manchester City uh, the way they play yeah but yeah, but it's way they've actually I mean if you look at them the last year a lot of talk about the inverted kind of fullback yeah. you look at what the Manchester City there now I've just never seen the likes of it now I understand it to a, uh, to a certain extent what they're doing you know Cancelo and Walker going into central midfield positions to receive the ball so yeah yeah, you're getting overloads in there, you know, so you're getting plenty of touches in there, and maybe you're getting little overloads against opposition teams, but you're sacrificing a bit of natural. Kyle Walker, right? Kyle Walker is the, I don't think he's the best uh, fullback in the world, but he's up there, the top bracket. And he's, he's up there because people recognise as a fullback his ability to get forward on the overlap, underlap, running into space, getting beyond wingers, driving to the end line, putting crosses into the box as good as enemies. Phenomenal athlete pace. And he can use that kind of pace in wide areas. When he's coming from a deep position onto the ball, playing little one-twos with the winger, continuing in behind, very little players can live with him. It's just that raw pace that he's got in terms of getting in behind. I'm looking at Kyle Walker now and he's, he's playing as a central midfielder. Kyle Walker cannot play central midfield he's not a central midfield player he can't play in tight areas on the half turn but that's what he's trying to do and he's not in the area of pitch in an area of the pitch now in an orthodox right back position where we can see the best of him so I don't understand that that doesn't make sense to me and people say to me oh this is amazing what's happening you see Kyle Walker it's phenomenal it's so you know this is revolution that we're seeing Guardiola is a genius and I'm thinking well okay might be a genius in some respect but I don't see the sense in that Mm. Cancelo to a certain extent is different can play in central midfield looks like an orthodox centre midfielder he's actually comfortable in there can actually impact the game a little bit more but I'm not buying it and what we saw against Newcastle was City overloading that central midfield uh, Johnny with their full backs in there losing the ball uh, Newcastle going and pressing being a little bit sloppy in possession Newcastle winning the back and then Newcastle players driving into that space down the sides Mm. of the Manchester City centre halves and John Stones and Diaz are like spinning going back towards the edge of that penalty box they're looking in my day when teams counter-attacked immediately I looked over my shoulder to my fullback to where my fullback was to scream at him to get in get contact back. with me yeah I mean I, 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 I couldn't have played in the mo- I can't play in the modern game the way centre-halves have been asked to play I would have been too exposed good I, just a bit of a I wouldn't have had a career that is yeah. an absolute fact 
So, so he had quite a career. Yeah, it's good we're getting a bit of in my day. And like we're we're talking about the Liverpool Man United three all, but that game and like Guardiola talked about it afterwards. It was so good to watch. To be fair, yeah, it was so good to watch. But he, but but he he's got a. I'd like to think Guardiola was looking at thinking we conceded, we conceded three, three goals, goals today. Yeah, we, we could have we could have conceded more. Mm. Why has that happened? Mm. Why mm. were we so open I'm on the transition? Why did they hurt us? You've got to be looking at that as well as a as well as looking at oh was great Cancelo Walker coming in? Oh, I was amazing those little overloads and there clever little one touch Newcastle couldn't live with it. But I thought generally speaking Newcastle. Uh, done well with it and if I was a Newcastle player in that kind of midfield that uh, uh, Newcastle player with a narrow midfield three what I don't want to do if I'm Willock and Joe Linton in a narrow midfield three I don't want to be getting dragged out to the touchline all the time having to track Walker and Cancelo on the overlap mm. but that's generally what has to happen in a narrow three you've got to get over there and deal with it but they're not being asked to do that because Manchester City fullbacks are coming into a central midfield position so they can actually hold their position on the inside that's where they want to be nice and narrow as a midfield three those Newcastle players and no one when they're win the ball back all they have to do is pop that ball to the outside uh, areas of the pitch and they've got players with the pace the likes of uh, Willock Joe Linton Al Moran and Alan St. Maximin who can actually race into that space down the sides of the pitch knowing that there's nobody in those full back areas to go and deal with them they're, they're going to be, yeah, yeah very, that's how I saw it very interesting team going forward at the moment Liverpool's title uh, challenge is absolutely hanging on by a thread here they're 2-0 down with 70 minutes going Old Trafford and defending for their lives at the moment as Manchester United press ahead uh, football on off the ball yellow card for simulation from Fernandez who's had a good game to be fair football on off the ball is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sports and Premier Sports we'll be back after these Welcome back to Off the Ball, Johnny Ward and Kenny Coney. I'm bringing you all the way till ten o'clock. And uh, if you're a Liverpool fan, you're getting uh, very, very anxious here. Manchester United, ooh, nearly three nil up, uh, but two nil up. Mark Marcus Rashford, oh, he transformed. Just, he's what's what's going on? Of old, Marcus Rashford of old, picking the ball up close to the touchline. Did he cut his hair wing. or something? <laughs> no, is it like what? What is a little it, bit of confidence? Just, I'm actually this delighted. I'm delighted from a personal perspective to see yeah. Rashford um, get that mojo back. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, such, a, he's such a talent, and he's had such a difficult. Uh, time for the last couple of years talking about the Paris Saint-Germain I thought that was a poor move I thought oh mm. god no you know that, that could be the, that could be the end of him so I was actually pleased to see him looks as if he's going to hang around and tonight oh my god it's been like, like a throwback you know running at players taking on players one we one burst acceleration just kind of a little bit of confidence and it can happen like that Johnny you can get your confidence back that quickly you know a game like this you know against Liverpool so much at stake you know suddenly you start well a couple of things uh, happen for you that feel good factor returns Crowder behind you singing your name and all of a sudden you're back there you're back to where you were three or four years ago yeah, yeah. Stephen Kenny was in Tala yesterday um Spotted at half time, reflecting on some past glories with ex Longford Town players, but it was a good weekend for Stephen Kenny because of situation with uh, obviously his goalkeepers are in good nick. But from central defensive um, perspective, we've actually got a text in which I'll, I'm going to break for myself here. Does Kenny ever remember suffering crisis of confidence during his playing days? Because I was wondering that myself. Because you know, as Most a, weeks. Uh, <laughs> as, Most as, weeks. as a striker, obviously, you know, <laughs> confidence, yada yada. Is is that? As a centre back, does that affect you? Oh, we're all different. I don't think it's a centre back. I think it's an individual mm. thing. I think it's a mindset. I mean, I mean, I mean that wasn't a joke. Uh, what I said there. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a struggle for me uh, uh, quite a bit of the time. I've got to be honest with you. I played kind of right when I went up to the Premiership uh, with Wimbledon for the first time. I played right back for probably uh, before it was five uh, five years there. Is that Joe Kinnear, who was it? Yeah, Joe was yeah. yeah Joe was manager there, and we were in the Premier League, uh, obviously. And I was coming up against uh, players. I was coming up against like Ryan Giggs. <sighs> Who was that? Ginola. Perry was centre-back was he at the time? Or? Uh, Chris center? Perry was there. Perry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was your back four? Oh, for Jesus. You're, 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 hell, making John. Premier, you're making your Premier League debut. You're not going to forget that. Uh, I, I think it was Sullivan uh, Chris Perry was there. Yeah, um, Alan Kimball I left. Yeah. There wouldn't be too many names people would recognise. Kind of Alan Reeves, Dean Blackwell. Those two good players, actually good, mm. good footballers. But the point I was making was the, the step up was absolutely phenomenal uh, for me. So you know, get myself one v one with gigs. Uh, Known these players and the qualities which they had. Mentally, it wasn't wasn't easy for me in terms of like generating a sufficient kind of confidence and belief in myself to actually put myself up 
against these players and it was a little bit of a struggle I've got to be honest with you to the extent where, where if he didn't start if he didn't start well the first 10-15 really, minutes yeah. yeah it could be difficult mm. and these lads have put you to the sword you know what Giggs was like in, a, in his prime he'd, you know what I mean he'd wipe the floor to you and there was, two, there was loads it was every week Ginola oh god who were the other left wingers oh Pacey like technically good were you mainly so, what, well, so my point was it was a, that was a real that was a real fight for me in terms of keeping myself up you know not getting too despaired getting too down on myself and you know just keep believing and, and that type of thing that was that was always a struggle for me uh, during my career I've got to be honest with you and for good reason because I didn't have the qualities where I could carry myself with I a lot you. of with a lot of confidence John you know what I mean I wasn't the quickest thing over two legs like technically physically I wasn't the most imposing qualities you'd look for in an orthodox kind of uh, defender So, and I knew that you know what I mean so that w- that was where the kind of worry and the bit of dread came from on a week to week basis so I had to kind of fight I, that I, a little absolutely. bit Absolutely I, I hope that answers the Texas question Liverpool are battling um, manfully enough to be fair um, to hopefully sneak an equaliser but 10 minutes left it's still 2-0 as I was saying there so Stephen Kenny and Talley yesterday uh, bore uh, the expression of a happy man because uh, Andrew Mobamadele by all accounts had an excellent game for Norwich Friday night Yeah, saw that. some West Brom fans already calling for Darrow Shades who made their captain who apparently was in good form at the weekend the oh, early game scored the early game on the Saturday obviously was the toughest uh, challenge for our centre backs because Nathan Collins uh, was up against Harry Kane it went swimmingly in the main but he slightly switched off for the corner, did he? Yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. I'd be, yeah. I'd be more interested in the quality of his overall performance, and I was really impressed with that. I mean, up until the Harry Kane goal, I was looking at him thinking, "Wow, he's doing fantastic here." You know, he's, he's achieved so much in su- such a short period of time. Gone to Wolves for a big, big fee, pressure on his shoulders uh, there as well, and he started the season what I can see really well and defended really well up until that. But yeah, he could nitpick on the goal. Thought he'd done well initially. Obviously, he had to physically impose himself, which he tried to do. Harry Kane, such a clever little, op- such a clever operator. Just the last minute, just took a step away from him. You know, um, Nathan just turned his shoulder, showed him his his number, and boom, the rest is history. That's the that's what I'm talking about. That's the level that he's at, and he learned that. But his overall performance, I was really impressed with, and and how he finished the season for Ireland. It's amazing. That's it. It's probably only about six months ago, John. We probably would have said if you had to say name your back three, you, you would have been oh, Shane Duffy, Egan. Uh, John Egan, and a another. You know what I mean? Given. My back three are O'Shea, Omo Bamadelli and Collins. I want us to go with that going forward. But forwards. this is what I'm saying. What, what are you saying to me? You're the centre-back. No, well, that's what I'm saying. That's the discussion now. What a goal. great goal. goal. So Liverpool have totally, totally deserved this on, on their recent form. Bruno Fernandes, who's already booked, by the way, is holding on to the ball, not giving it back to Salah, uh, who's <laughs> there's a little bit of... Salah's had a relatively quiet game. But to be fair to Liverpool, nine minutes left. They have threatened this. and um, they've, they've pushed hard. Bruno Fernandes is playing a slightly <laughs> dangerous game here. So they're trying to... Ah, oh, I'm not having this look at this Ken he's holding his face oh it's pantomime stop this is what you, this is ridiculous pantomime stuff so Fernandez is holding on to the ball like a petulant <laughs> child in the playground as Liverpool are obviously trying to get it back from the corner from which they've scored Fernandez, who's only been booked for simulation by the way is holding on to the ball Klopp is looking for a yellow card here I think he's took a chance there because Salah's trying to take the ball off he won't give it up that's not unusual we see that just seeing the goal here but by a, a corner in from Trent Alexander-Arnold gets uh, headed to the edge of the box uh, Harvey Elliott helps it back in I think it's a shot the swivel from Firmino Salah with the header yes uh, the guy uh, uh, makes the save just pops out to Salah great reactions from him heads a first time into the back of the net but it was after that what happened after that was comical Fernandez grabbing the ball fair enough Salah's trying to wrestle it off but at some stage you usually release the ball mm. don't you but he steadfastly for probably the next 20 seconds refused to give the ball up I think Salah makes slight contact with him then he's holding his face this is why we love football Kenny though I mean there's 8 minutes to go here we spoke about that amazing game in 1994 if Liverpool were to come back here um, you know it would completely change the narrative because Manchester United they've deserved to be in front but it's going to be 10 long minutes for them here yeah no they got to they got to see it out they deserve to be in front but they got to see out the next uh, uh, 10 minutes and there's a big, big test for them now in terms of maybe confidence that fragile confidence that belief it's great when you're tuning up things are going your way when the dynamic changes a little bit the opposition the team Liverpool, Liverpool's quality uh, scores then suddenly you know that confidence can be a little bit fragile so yeah very interesting last 10 minutes and that is uh, Ericsson who's uh, 
shown shown uh, I suppose flashes in the game. Um, so we have uh, seven minutes to go. Ronaldo is coming on as if we don't need and Ten Hag uh, looking. Very Problem is, it's scary. going to take him ten minutes to get his boots and all all his gear on. If it's uh, true to form for Ronaldo, yeah, I doesn't, think doesn't get, him, doesn't get himself ready in a hurry, does he? Get off the bench and get on the pitch. No, he's he's playing he's playing he's playing a uh, diplomatic game. Ten Hag though, he's starting. He's dropped Maguire. Ronaldo's not playing, but he is bringing Ronaldo on. And Manchester United have been very very good. They've been dynamic, but they are under the cost here. Liverpool aren't the team they uh, are without having this uh, quality. Harvey Elliott who's had a very good game, I think, on the ball here. Salah down the right. Trent Alexander cross into the box. Manchester United defending a little bit frantically uh, with 10 minutes to go uh, which will bring us back to frantic defending from Ireland which we've seen down the years we now have two centre-backs going to name names we have two uh, centre-backs <laughs> well particularly during the, the uh, late 90s <laughs> early 2000s the way you're talking we, we've seen some bang average Irish defending uh, no, I, I couldn't big, disagree I'm big fan of Big Kenny but they, we've, a, we've a new dynamic here in that Omar Bamadeli and Collins oh, yeah. can come out with the ball as well these guys actually yeah. can yeah. and I think Kenny will inculcate confidence yeah. in them that regard you're right and we saw that in the uh, home nations game against Ukraine last game of last season didn't we Yeah. in terms of the ball playing at Billy and Nathan Collins we'd seen a playing right side of a three but that central area obviously the goal was obviously the icing on the cake but his ability to step forward and play uh, Omar Bamadielli we saw already in the North Jersey prior to that didn't we as a right playing right of a three and I think that's something which Stephen uh, values in terms of how he wants the team to play in terms of style of play having centre half so very comfortable on the ball we know how Shane Guffey's been an absolutely unbelievable servant to Orland and we'll, I'm sure will continue to be so who are your three we now if, if we were to say it is a three who are your three at the back oh I think uh, I think it's a tough call but I think you're at, at the moment I think Nathan Consume at the moment looks like he looks like he's ready to step into that central uh, defensive spot middle of a, a three to me and I think you're right when you're looking right side of that Andrew Omar Bamadiele from what we've seen already he looks as if he's perfectly suited to that and then maybe you're looking at left side of the three and then I think there's a, an argument there for Dara O'Shea and John Egan I think John Egan I'm still a big fan of John Egan thinks a very kind of smart uh, uh, smart defender Is it I a negative Darryl, they're right footed? Do you know we don't really have that left footed obvious centre back is it a negative or I don't think it's massive I think people say naturally like saying naturally left-sided but when Dara O'Shea plays there it's, it's no coincidence the, what, the advantage of him when he plays and when he cuts inside onto his right foot he's got that massive switch of play mm. Dara O'Shea is as good as anybody that I've seen in terms of 40-50 yards really? accurate oh yeah his long pass and as good as, as any, well, it's you can see in the modern game Anderson at Crystal Palace another good example of Virgil van Dijk these, these type of players well these type of balls weren't played I, I, very, I never hit a diagonal ball in my life playing uh, at centre half from, from left to right it just wasn't expected we actually weren't set up uh, to do it it wasn't expected of us but the game has changed in terms of making the you know the, uh, the the pitch big you know stretching teams and looking for kind of big diagonals so to play that way you need defenders who are capable of getting the ball and hitting accurate balls 40-50 yards and Darius as good as anybody he's got a shift inside from that left side onto his right foot but he's got he can hit that right uh, you know right wing or right wing back with uh, with uh, with accuracy so yeah I think he's definitely in the equation Daryl Shea but John Egan as well for me Daryl Leonard I'll give a mention to as well very well I yeah mean, I he think was... he's been rock solid as well when he's been the team and like I said Shane Duffy clearly where it's got, goes without saying comes into the equation sometimes you can, you can you can break players down John in terms of oh, how quick is he you know his ball playing ability like we're kind of talking about but sometimes like personality comes into as well you know leadership experience and I think that's where probably Shane has the edge mm. in that respect but it's not everything you know you don't not every team puts their most experienced players their 11 most experienced players on the pitch it's all about the right kind of balance and Nathan Collins for somebody so young and so inexperienced he's just like taking the international football isn't he absolutely no problem he's absolutely revelled it isn't he he has revelled I think there's so much to look forward to there if we have a solid goalkeeper and back three uh, which we definitely have um, uh, next time Kenny's on maybe we'll have time to talk about some other positions if not tonight but we'll keep on the Premier League team here what happened to Chelsea I mean we heard about they had travel issues uh, going to the ground um, oh that's pretty weak it was ab- pretty weak It was <laughs> when he's I got mean, to stay from uh, he should watch back in the day when we used to ah. travel up the air uh, Travel up the M1. We used to meet at Toddington Services. The bomb. This is our Wimbledon. Obviously playing up north. So all the Who few, did you meet? We we the coach the, <laughs> the coach had travelled from Wimbledon training ground to Toddington on the M1. Right. But a lot of the lads could drive there if they wanted, so they could get home early after again, pick up their cars at Toddington, and go home. Simpler so times. half of it, so we'd all meet there. So that'd be the congress. So everybody meet everybody would dive off the coach, yeah, into the services and, and stack up for the journey wherever it was up to Manchester, or up to North. And I mean stack up. I mean stack up. KFC. Borg, <laughs> McDonald's, 
two litre bottles of uh, Coca-Cola, sweets, pick and mix. They'd, oh, the, the lot, the absolute lot came on. The, the amount that we, uh, card school, obviously, the back of the, uh, the coach. And that the was it. characters in those days. And that was it. That was the coach. Coach yeah. joining up and it was accepted. Fish and chip after the game, back on the coach, a few drinks and the, and the whole shebang. Like, you know what I mean? So, look, I know the game moved on a lot more professional, etc., etc. Yeah, don't start complaining. He's made a show of himself here, not only on those remarks, in, in the sense of this first world problem of not being able to get a plane a plane for the coaching staff from London to Leeds which I thought <laughs> just shows how removed from reality this man is but his comments Tuchel's comments on, on the referee uh, irked you as well Ah uh, yeah no I, I've no time for that whatsoever and I like Tuchel I've, I enjoy listening to him um, I think he's a very good uh, coach he's very good eye uh, for the game the impact he went in there in a sh- very short period of time at Chelsea I think it was phenomenal last year in terms of taking to the, the uh, Champions League etc but uh, no I haven't enjoyed some of the stuff this year certainly didn't enjoy how he spoke about Anthony Taylor mm. like I said I said early on the show I thought it was a disgrace and they, they should, he should have the, the book thrown at him in terms of some of the accusations the insinuations which he made against the referee I think he should apologise him if he hasn't uh, already so I've absolutely no time for that and even in that small comment about the coach and that might seem a small thing too negative you know it's too negative I don't think it's the right thing it's not the type of thing I want to hear if I'm in the dressing I'm a Chelsea player I'm upset things aren't going well I'm looking for a little bit of like leadership a little bit of inspiration from my manager when he talks I don't want to hear about complaining about trivial little matters you know more excuses heaping more excuses giving the players more excuses in terms I, of I performance don't, I, I don't want to go on a climate crusade he's from Germany the Rhine River is literally not not working anymore because effectively because of climate change and he's given out about not being able to get a plane from London to Leeds now you did say it is a ba- is it the A1 <laughs> Anyway, you can take a couple of routes to be honest with you. Yeah. You can go M1A1. Look, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a four-hour trip wherever it is. Indies had a shocker way. for the first goal as well. And it's like the whole thing collapses because Chelsea were very good against Spurs. You'd have to say they should have won the game last week. Yeah, they this did. was just... Yeah, they I did play well. They started all right, John, to be honest with you. Opening a couple of... They had a couple of kind of half... A couple of chances. Raheem Stern, etc. Didn't take him. But yeah, I think he knows he's um, he's undercooked in terms of the squad. And maybe a bit of frustration is coming out that he hasn't, he hasn't been... Hasn't, hasn't been back there they haven't been able to get the players mm. they desperately need a centre half I'd argue they possibly need two centre halves um, spoke about Liverpool tonight maybe a couple of players now lacking legs uh, in the team I think you look at Thiago Silva now who's been one of the world's best but again he's the same looks as if his legs have uh, gone they need uh, they need a right sided uh, centre half as well Aspilicueta is the same like drop off from him Reese James has played there but he's got to play right wing back he's one of the best right wing backs in the, in the, in the premiership at the moment so yeah, so that's what I'm talking. He he's, he needs players in. I think there's a bit of frustration there on Tuchel's part in terms of they haven't been able to get them in. There's the yeah. ongoing conversation about the centre forward. Uh, they need a centre midfielder of some quality as well. Yeah, he has to grow up a bit as well. Be four minutes to go here in the injury time. We'll be back after these and update you. Yeah, you're very welcome back. Two minutes and change of injury time left and it's Manchester United 2, Liverpool 1 at Old Trafford. It's been thoroughly engrossing from start to finish, really, Kenny Cunningham and... Um, this just I don't know I, I don't think many people saw this coming but this would be deserved if Man United were to hold on yeah I mean we've been talking a lot during this uh, uh, second half I've had my eyes off a, a little bit so I'd love to I, I will watch the second half again but it's been better from Liverpool I think kind of a uh, uh, second half for Manchester United have kind of kept at it you know we talk about maybe those energy levels dropping there's been a lot of substitutions made but they've kept that I think it's important they see this game out now Johnny that's what I'd yeah. say it's been a far better Manchester United performance but I think it'd be gut-wrenching if they were conceded so late only two minutes to go I think it's really important that they see out, see it out and get this victory and give them a little bit of a confidence and you know, give them a bit of a template going forward for the manager to go into the dressing room and say right this is it this is the template now this is what we have to replicate going, going forward in terms the intensity mm. that we played at uh, the attitude the energy which we showed you know, we need to reproduce that week in week out going forward and, and we'll start creeping up the table What did you make of uh, the Leicester Southampton game very bad start for Leicester and Bazunu getting his game time as well Oh, it's great to see him. I mm. thought it was a great move from when he oh, uh, yeah. he made the move, Johnny, because I thought he got a chance of starting here. Because I looked at the other keepers there and I thought he's as good as anything they've got, if not better. Mm. So it's great he's been given the the opportunity. He's going to have plenty of practice, uh, plenty of opportunities to impress. 
I know that's how, that's how Dampton team because they can be blow hot and cold a little bit so he'll have plenty of opportunities to show how good he is how good his shot stop he is etc etc but I think it's a great move for him he's unbelievable isn't he I think in terms oh, he's of phenomenal. I think the three lads are I think there's not hasn't been enough talk about Mark Travers has been a yeah. regular in that Bournemouth team now for the past two years the level uh, he's been playing at I think we're absolutely phenomenal and to think he's only our, our number three you feel a bit feel a bit sorry for him to be honest with you Mark Travers between, between goalkeepers and centre backs like if you mention like Lenehan, Egan, Duffy um, and you could even put like Seamus Cole. Well, you look at England you look at England at the moment in terms of centre half yeah. they are absolutely scratching yeah. scratching around for a centre half you can't tell me Nathan Collins wouldn't be in the equation now for that England team if Gareth Southgate was looking well, to Nathan at the moment yeah absolutely McGuire's not even getting his game yeah, here absolutely yeah. be ahead of Tyrone Mings every day of the week I'll, t- I'll tell you that as well so yeah so uh, yeah absolutely you're, you're right goalkeepers we all are agree we blessed. better centre backs than England <laughs> at least something better than them anyway um, it looks like um, definitely a size too big that's uh, that's too jacket that's you're not hands. having it no. no I'm no expert myself you'd be more of a fashion guru than me John but uh, what's, what's um, be a little bit tighter fit no would you reckon Keith Andrews is into that sort of he's, he's oh, in the Keith, start oh, games, yeah, yeah, yeah looks the part it, Keith everything the, it's a full time at Old Trafford Ten Hag whether or not he looks the part he's shook hands shaking hands with uh, the man in the hoodie Jurgen Klopp <laughs> this is massive I mean Sport may uh, keep us going at times. It may be annoying us at times. It may seem trivial at times. And times like tonight, it just this is why we love it. This is an amazing, yeah. amazing game. That's the beauty of football. You're you're, some, you're only one game away from turning your your whole whole season around, John. That's what you have to keep believing. That's what you keep instilling into the players. Look, we can turn this. Be here that one week's a long time in football. But Liverpool's but title challenge is gone now, is it not? One point from nine, and the way they're playing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. I you don't oh, I haven't fancied anyway. it from the start yeah, of the you don't for, anyway. for the reasons that I'm yeah. saying and that's probably played out a little bit in terms of what we've seen in terms of the performance people say players missing but for me fundamentally not an awful lot of changes in this Liverpool team if those players come back Curtis mm. Jones Thiago uh, that, I've, that I've spoken about one or two players in different areas the basic fundamentals don't change does that mean, does that mean there's going to be a massive drop off in this Liverpool team no I don't but in terms of can they chase down Manchester City this year I don't think they can in fact for me they're looking over their shoulder at the teams coming uh, behind them the likes of Arsenal uh, Tottenham and maybe to a smaller extent Chelsea depending on the players that they can bring in so that would be that be the worry from a Liverpool perspective uh, going forward I think they need to find something but for me the answer isn't within the present squad they have to go outside into the market to rectify it and that, that may not happen until next uh, probably next summer So much talk about tonight but we mentioned Harry Maguire like that that's you know it's probably over um, due really that down the bridge stopped. he could be down the bridge next week Harry well, it's, it's, it's just uh, I don't know I mean this was Manchester United were quite good at the back tonight Varane was good um, obviously well, it's about know, partnerships isn't it yeah. centre half not necessarily who's your two best uh, uh, centre halves if that had been the case I probably would have only got maybe about five international caps in, in, instead of many that I got it's all about partnerships and who maybe complements mm. each other and I just thought you saw, you saw the beginnings of a partnership there tonight between Varane and Martinez looked a bit more comfortable Martinez alongside Varane and you can understand that Varane more of an athlete not, I wouldn't say more imposing than Maguire Maguire's a bit of a beast physically but athletically he's really kind of compromised and sorry by the way it's just uh, reminding me you had 72 Ireland caps I mean I, I I don't have any memories of thinking oh here we go Henry Cunny yeah so forget it Kenny Cunny forget, it. <laughs> were, forget about were. me I've made me me point about that I'll stick with it so so these two <laughs> these two tonight uh, John you just you get a bit of a sense of looking at players they enjoy playing with yeah. each other they're kind of feeding of all, off each other now it's only one game don't get me wrong and Martino's still going to have his issues in terms of that lack of height etc but certainly Varane alongside him and if he's smart and he's intelligent and he understands the game and he recognises what parts of his game he has to kind of fine tune not to get exposed at this level I certainly wouldn't be writing him off and great scenes here actually seeing the Manchester United players with the smiles on their faces ah, acknowledging yeah. you know what I mean that's great to see because they've been, they've been getting absolutely pummeled People say rightly so. Where do they Where do they finish the season? Do you think? Because yeah, uh, we have to wrap up. Yeah, there's still a bit, still a bit to do. Ask me that question. The transfer window shut, and I see what players uh, that they have. I don't see them uh, uh, top four, but depending on what players they bring in, is going to be key between now and the end of the window. Seventy two caps for Ireland. What was your favourite? Uh, I'd, I'd say me probably my first one. It's an obvious thing to say. Yeah. Versus. Oh, versus the gremlins in my head I was that nervous going on to the pitch oh, Czech Republic I think it was Czech Republic nothing game meaningless game on paper but everything meant you. everything yeah it meant everything um, yeah it's been great having you on thanks a million Kenny cheers John 
Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it starts tonight with Owen Sheehan um, being sort of uh, amongst a crowd of Manchester United fans in a, an anti-Glazers uh, protest. Um, I think a night that would have started quite badly uh, for the Glazer family uh, didn't end too badly. Manchester United, everything is fine. They beat Liverpool 2-1. And suddenly, the papers tomorrow are not about Manchester United. They're like, what's happened, Liverpool? One point from three edgy edgy performance at times uh, tonight Jerry Gilroy and Shane Hannan will be live on OTB AM from 7.30am tomorrow Daniel Harris will be on to talk Manchester United and Gareth Roberts will be on to talk Liverpool I think the tables have turned uh, for a little bit uh, for now anyway Nee Briggs will join the lads to discuss Ireland's win against Japan over the weekend sleep well